0: Welcome back to SEC Football Unfiltered, our podcast from the USA Today Network. I'm Blake Topmeyer, alongside two-time published author and a man who has aged better than his Honda Accord, John Adams. Today we'll be talking uh, some early season betting lines. We got those uh, those Week One and Week Zero. Well, they call it week zero, but uh, the early betting lines are out. So open up your purse strings. John and I will be offering some gambling advice. Just do with it what you will. And then we'll get into a little uh, spring meeting conversation. Those fire up here this week in Destin.
1: John, how's the old Honda doing? The Honda is doing well. I talked to my mechanic yesterday and said, what if I have second thoughts? Sell my new Kia. And return to the 20 year old Honda Accord that's parked just to the left of my driveway. I said, What will it take? Transmission engine. My guess was about seven or eight thousand. He said, Yeah, that's right. Something to think about. Yeah, you could get seven or eight thousand for your Kia
0: probably and sink it into your 20 year old Honda Accord and uh, walk away, even Steven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> minus what you would continue to owe on the
1: key. I've I've never been known as a shrewd businessman, but I don't think I've ever dropped to those depths. You know, you're talking about lines. The Honda Accord was a was a 1.7 year favorite to outlast me. The odds when I had blood clots in November, the odds jumped. The Honda Accord was then a 7.7 I'm sorry, seven more months. It was a two a two year favorite than to outlast me, but I've beaten the odds. So, technically, though the Honda Accord is still running, so if I go out there and crank it up, you know it's still got a shot. If you'd have made the, made a bet on that, you could still win on the Accord. Well, let's see if we can make you some
0: money here, so you can right. fix up that Accord. Chance for some some early season proceeds you have to wait until you know late august and september to get this cash flow um rolling in but you know at that time you might might come into some money here if you get these picks right so let's start with a week zero matchup which i just don't understand why don't we call it week zero i mean if the games are started it's week one but whatever we're not going to debate that but a week zero sec game here john i know you're gonna be excited for this one Vanderbilt is a a six-and-a-half-point favorite at Hawaii. Now, if this was Tennessee, they would have canceled Hawaii and replaced them with a MACFO a long time ago. But Vanderbilt's not like that. They're not scared to play all comers here. So they're traveling out to Hawaii for a road game. Six-and-a-half-point favorite. What
1: are you thinking? I think the week zero... Now, if I hadn't heard that before, I was—I would say that's a direct shot against Vanderbilt. Because Vanderbilt's playing? It's a zero game? I mean, come on. I tell you what, that's a, that's a long way for Vanderbilt to travel. I think I'll have to go with a why on that. I, I still have a thought in mind of
0: Vanderbilt losing on its home field last year to ETSU. Now, ETSU had a pretty good season in the FCS level, but still... I mean, this is an FBS team here, in, in Hawaii, and it's a road game. I mean, just so many things could be go wrong here. I, I, I might actually be tempted to pick Hawaii outright, but I don't have to do that because uh, we're going against the Tipico betting lines here. Our friends at USA Today Sports, uh, Tipico, are, are good friends. They got the betting lines rolling, and uh, they got the line at six and a half point favorite for Vanderbilt. So, give me—I'm uh, with you. Give me Hawaii in the points because i think hawaii is going to win out right all right getting now into the week one slate and i'm not going to delay this one any longer john because you know i'm all in on the hogs so we're going to get things started right a week one game cincinnati your bearcats who i know you wanted so bad in that 14 playoff last year you were stumping for him from the start Oh wait that wasn't you no that was not all right, they're playing at Arkansas in week one. The Hogs are seven-and-a-half point favorites. I mean, you know what I'm doing. I'm taking the Arkansas to cover with ease. Cincinnati, I mean, good for them. They had nine players drafted this year. That's a sign of, uh, I think, how much talent was on that team last year. But the fact of the matter is they had nine players drafted off their team last year. So I think they're going to take a step back, and Arkansas is taking a step forward. I'll take Arkansas to cover the seven-and-a-half. How about you?
1: Well, I don't think Cincinnati has quite reached Alabama standards, even though it did make the playoff. And so losing nine players for Cincinnati, that's got to be significant. However, I just think it wants to prove itself so much against an SEC opponent, it could beat the spread against Arkansas. And you're not going to
0: prove itself in the Cotton Bowl? Because I was there and... They didn't seem too
1: intent on proving themselves against Alabama. That's an excellent point. So I will go with the Hogs then and give the points. Thank you for that reminder.
0: <laughs> that <laughs> late was a minute.
1: dreadful showing, and, and they did lose their quarterback.
0: That's right. And they lost their two stud uh, cornerbacks a- as well that were sort of the backbones of
1: that defense. Y- you have to be excited because it's a pretty attractive matchup. Given Cincinnati having made the playoffs last year, uh, first step for your guy, K.J. Jefferson, to begin his Heisman Trophy run. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you feel good about him against the Bearcats? Losing those two cornerbacks, that's got to have you kind of enthused. Oh, yeah, a chance to
0: feast. I actually... Thought about covering this game, but I'm going to be pulled in a different direction. So, sorry, Hogs. I'm sure I'll see you later, and you can roll out the red carpet for my arrival. All right, next game, John. Anthony Richardson's Gators will be speeding at 100-plus mile an hour into this matchup against Utah. Even though it's a home game at the Swamp, I'm sure Billy Napier is going to have his team on a bus to the stadium. Don't want them to have to walk across campus or anything to get to the stadium. Napier's all about that bus system. Utah is a one and a half point favorite. I know you love the great American West, John. I think you're doing this podcast remote from some cabin out there in Utah as we speak. So is that going to be enough, your love of Utah, your love of the West, to take the Utes to cover a point and a half
1: spread? Yes, I would take the Utes even if I didn't have a love for the West. Uh, Anthony Richardson's unparalleled speed, on and off the field, by foot or by car, I acknowledge that. I just don't think Florida's going to be nearly as good as Utah is. Gainesville heat could play a factor, but my guess is uh, Utah will win that game, beat the spread, and Billy Napier might be so ticked off in his first Florida outing, he will actually make the players walk from the field into the locker room he won't have a fleet of shuttle buses there to drive them from the sideline to the locker room you remember the old bullpen carts
0: that major league baseball thought was a good idea what was that kind of the was that the 80s i can't remember
1: when it was maybe really even
0: i don't remember was it the early what 90s was it? 80s somewhere yeah, around well
1: there. what was the idea behind that it was like You want a pitcher to – he's coming in from the bullpen, and you want him to be loose, so you stick him in this cart with his knees crammed up in his stomach and rush him out to the mound, and and then he gets – he's all stiff. You know, baseball is
0: always coming up with these goofy ideas that think they're going to get younger people more interested in the sport. Like, did anybody see that and think, ooh, a bullpen cart? I think I'll start watching the games now. Like, I mean, that's just silly. some kindergarten class –
1: Oh my gosh, look, he's riding in a cart.
0: Yeah, and I guess it saved like 20 seconds of, of game time. The walk in from the bullpen to the mound was cut down by the bullpen cart. But anyway, enough about bullpen carts. I'm I'm also siding with you on this one, John. So we're either going to win or lose money together. Uh, I'm taking Utah to cover that, that point half spread. They, they bring back 13 starters in my preparation for this, this podcast was reading up on the, on the Pac 12, 13 starters. I I think it's going to take a year or two for Florida to get going under Billy Napier. The one thing I'll say though, Florida fans can be a little fair weather, but when the swamp is packed, it's as rocking as, as any stadium that I've ever been to. And I think first game of a new coach, marquee power five opponent here. I think the swamp could be rocking there for this one. And that, that gives me some pause, but I'm still taking Utah. All right, we're going to stay out west, John. Utah State at Alabama, 37.5-point favorites are Alabama. Now, I'm not sure what Utah State's NLI program is like. I haven't heard Nick Saban complaining about any uh, pay-for-play deals by Utah State, so he might feel comfortable going into this matchup versus Uh, Texas A&M, who, according to Saban, has bought its entire recruiting class. So what do you think? The fact that maybe Utah State's NIL program isn't quite Texas A&M, does that give Alabama the edge here to to cover this 37.5-point spread?
1: I think one of the surest bets in sports is Alabama giving however many points the odds makers think in an opening game any time i think of alabama playing an open game an opening game i i go back to that southern cal game a few years ago when alabama and southern california was supposed to be really good that year it was ranked in the top 25 and alabama had a slow start and still won something like 51 to 7 or 10 some just awful uh, margin of victory there so I love Alabama in opening games. Nick Saban has those guys ready to go. And he probably wants to show up show up Jimbo in that opening game. He'll probably be trying to outdo Jimbo's Aggies in the first game too. So he'll want to put on a big show. But yeah, I honestly, for my with my love of the West, I feel very sorry for Utah State in in their Aggies. Yeah, I was going to say, the fact that Utah State's
0: mascot is the same as Jimbo's team might backfire on the Aggies from Utah on this one. However, I'm going to take Utah State. I just have this thing where when I see these monstrous lines, and I know this isn't good. This is why I don't actually bet on sports. (laughs) But when I see these monstrous lines, I just have a hard time taking them. It's like when you play blackjack and you got the 16 there, and the dealer's got a 7 showing. You know you're supposed to hit. You know, you think, well, he's probably got a face card lurking. He's going to beat me with a 17 on my 16. But you're like, "Ah, I'm probably going to bust if I hit. And what if he doesn't have the face card under there? You just, you get spooked. I'm getting spooked by this 37 and a half point line.
1: So I'm going to take Utah State. The other Aggies. Well, I just want to be sure about this. We are not, as part of our company, renewed emphasis on betting and, and lines. We aren't actually putting our money up on these games that we're picking, are we? It's
0: optional, but I was thinking maybe you'd put the Accord on the line for your pick to click. You feel comfortable with that? No, not at all. Moving along. Another game here. This is a rematch from last year. Changes sites. This one will be at Mississippi State. They're going to be hosting Memphis. In a Week 1 game, Mississippi State, according to our friends there at Tipico, half point favorite. Now, you'll recall that the refs in Memphis teamed up last year to beat Mike Leach's boys in that matchup, one that's still uh, caught in the craw of uh, Mississippi State fans. Pretty big spread here, and uh, I always have a hard time trusting Leach's teams from week to week. I mean, they're, they're liable to upset a couple of ranked opponents this year. I think, but you just never know. I mean, they almost lost to Louisiana Tech in their opener last year, and then they come back the following week and beat NC State. From week to week, you don't know what you're going to get, and so for that reason, if I was actually a betting man, I'd probably stay very far away from this game. But for the sake of this show, I'm going to take Memphis, and I'll take those 14 and half points. How about you?
1: Well, I agree with you on Mike Leach and the uncertainty that his teams present week in and week out. So logic would make you think Mississippi State will be really revved up over the way it lost that game. Remember all the the Mississippi State punt coverage team just kind of standing around thinking the whistle had been blown. And off goes Memphis's uh speedy returner about 85 yards for a touchdown. I still haven't figured out how that was allowed to stand, but nonetheless, so that would be logic but you don't apply logic to Mike Leach or his teams. So I also will go with Memphis and take the points.
0: All right. So we we're in lockstep here on four out of five games. Our 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 disagreement so far is, is you like Alabama, I like Utah State in the points in that one. We'll see if we agree on this one your guys down there at Georgia State. I know you love the media access at Georgia State. They'll they'll roll out the, the red carpet for you. I mean, I don't know if it's just because you've been around the industry as long as you have, or if it's the fact that you're a two-time published author or vintage car owner, but for whatever reason, the folks there in the media office at Georgia State really, really like doing business with you. So is that media-friendly attitude going to be enough here? Because the problem is, you like South Carolina the way I like Arkansas. And this week one game, Georgia State at South Carolina. South Carolina is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. So your your interests are are colliding here. Media-friendly Georgia State versus Spencer Rattler, uh, who you think is the, the big winner in the transfer portal sweepstakes.
1: Well, I called Coach Elliott's office uh, one time and talked to his uh... – his assistant administrator, and, and to see if I could get set up an interview. Maybe it was uh, maybe it was media relations, and they just sent me straight through to uh, the coach's line, and we were talking. Seconds later, as you know, it doesn't usually work that way. Certainly not in the SEC. It's a bit more of a formal, prolonged process. That honestly, my. Could outlast my Honda Accord as to how long it would take to set up an interview. But so I do have an affinity for Georgia State. I thought it it finished strong last season, as I recall. And yes, I do like South Carolina. So I'll, I will show a little love for both programs. Pick South Carolina to get off to a fast start. May get up by 27, but Georgia State, too much fight in that team to, to quit rallies and ends up beating the 13-and-a-half-point spread. All right, the backdoor cover. You know, the Mm -hmm. one one
0: thing I worry about with your media access down there at Georgia State now, John, is I think that administrative assistant has been hired along with everybody else in that department by Billy Napier. They're among the the 400 deep off-the-field staff now, I think, at at Florida. I think Sean Elliott might have to answer his own phones because Billy Napier's hired everybody in college football.
1: (laughs) He may hire Sean Elliott to do something. He maybe, he should maybe Sean Elliott's answering the phones there. Yeah, involved. and get more than, than he was making it. In fact, uh, in the media football media days are in Atlanta this summer. Much to our chagrin, we prefer the older, more stable uh, venue of, of Hoover, Alabama. But uh, there's a couple of maybe- things
0: about Hoover, John. I mean, they got those three a.m. pool halls that you can smoke in. Now, I try to stay away from the, the cigarettes, but I do think there is. You know, something about just setting the mood. You, you walk into a, it's actually not a pool hall. It just has a couple pool tables in it. And, uh, you know, you got the locals playing there. You go head to head with the locals on the billiards tables and they, you're just surrounded by smoke. And I hope the, the doctors aren't listening to this episode. They'd probably recommend I go get checked out. But that really just sets the stage, I think, for the event, for the season. Just shooting a few games of pool down there with the locals and, and being surrounded by secondhand smoke.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to picture that scene with you in there, Blake. You might look a little too smart for your own good in that place. Is, well, I usually ever... walk in with uh-huh. Scooter
0: your friend Scooter Hobbs, sports writer down in Louisiana, and I I feel like that's a good a good balance. Our our dear friend Scooter is is a nice uh yin to my yang, I guess.
1: Great point. And I, I I'm not worried about you anymore because there hasn't ever been a barmaid that Scooter Hobbs couldn't walk into and belong. He will fit in anywhere. At first, I thought you were saying a barmaid. Like, I didn't know where this was going.
0: Like the woman serving beers behind the bar. But it was made M-A-D-E, not M-A-I-D. Oh, yeah. You I'm You threw sorry. me off there for a i I'm like, I don't know where this is going. A story about Scooter and a barmaid. Oh, boy. <laughs> I could tell a story on that one,
1: too, but I won't.
0: I didn't make a pick on this one. You got Georgia State. Uh, I'm going to go the other way. I do like your idea there for a backdoor cover from Atlanta's Panthers. But I'm going to take South Carolina. They might get it done by about uh, 14 points. And with the line being 13 and a half from our fine friends at Tipico, I like South Carolina. All right, two games left, John. Oregon at Georgia. We're calling this a neutral site game, even though it's in Atlanta. De facto home game for your reigning national champion, Bulldogs. 17.5-point favorite, Dan Lanning's Ducks. He's going to try to top his old master there, Kirby Smart, at uh, Georgia. Of course, Dan Lanning was a a coordinator on that staff last year that won a national championship. What do you think? Oregon era under Dan Lanning going to get started red hot, upset the national champions. 17.5-point, Georgia favorite. What do you like?
1: No upset, but Dan Lanning will know every Georgia shortcoming. Not that there are a lot of them, but there are a few on offense, and I guarantee you this, Blake, he will have about every man he can put out there in, in, the, in the box, as they say, on, on defense. And for Stetson Bennett, Georgia's veteran quarterback, to prove himself one more time, and throw deep into a secondary. But, uh, so I kind of like, because of landing, I didn't even like that higher, but in this game, in this situation, I I won't be, uh, hamstrung by that. I will pick uh, Oregon to cover. I'm going to do the same. And for similar
0: reasons to this, I'm I'm applying to Cincinnati, Georgia just lost so much off last year's team. I think they're going to be really good this year. They're built to reload, but in week one, you know, with so many new faces out there in, in the starting lineup, that concerns me a little bit. I, I don't think Georgia's is going to lose, but seventeen and a half is it's a pretty hefty spread to cover there against a, you know, one of the Pac-12's better teams. So I'll take Oregon and the points along with you. All right, last one, John. Game I plan to be at here in week one, It'll be a Sunday night game. Actually, no NFL yet, so Sunday night, Florida State versus LSU in New Orleans. It will be a family. Affair for the Tigers, no doubt. LSU two and a half point favorite. How do you see the Brian Kelly era getting started? Let me to bring back that old phony accent that I used to do.
1: What do you think? Yeah, going to be a family victory. It, it sounded really phony. In fact, it set me back when when I heard it. so like, "What's wrong with him?" Then I realized you were you were in character at the time. Um. First of all, the first thing that comes to mind is why aren't you going to be at the Oregon-Georgia game? It's a
0: 17.5 point spread. I don't cover blowouts. I'm big time now, John. I'm trusting our friends at Tipico to set accurate lines here. You got two and a half point spread down there. New Orleans and lid lifter for Brian Kelly. Oh, I got to go where the big game is. I don't know if it's a big game, but it's going to be a close game and that should be my tagline. You know, I
1: don't I don't cover blowouts. Well, but how about this? Uh, how about a little as an SEC columnist? I, I think you should show a little more respect for the defending national champions from this conference. We can talk about this later on. And I'm not going over your head and saying to one of our editors, why is Blake going to to the LSU game in the opener when the national champions our opening defense of the title they just won. I, I'm not doing that, but I just wish you'd think about that
0: some more. I mean, four Georgia fans have probably canceled their Gannett subscriptions after learning that I'm not going to be there. So thanks for that, John. But we just got five new subscribers from LSU, so I called a win. Who are you picking, by the way? I, I, I mean, you're picking against me and my travel choices here. I see that,
1: but got to pick well, a game. Here's what I want you to do though, the whole time you're down there for that game, try to be southern. See, I don't have to try to be i'm from, I'm southern, I'm from Louisiana, but you've been here a while in Tennessee, the northern edge of the South, so I'd like to see you be in character the whole time you're down there. I might get
0: a set of cowboy boots, big old hat, and you know I think John, when I put on this faux southern accent. I actually think I speak more Southern
1: than you do, and you're from the South. God, if I went back to my hometown and spoke like that, I would get beat up. But they, nobody beat up Brian Kelly. It, it blew over, but I'm yeah, not Brian Kelly. Here's, here's what you need to do while you're down there. If you want to see more Southern, just hang out with Scooter Hobbs. You'll be you'll be good to go. That's a great point. Probably meet a few barmaids, too. Yeah, they're, they're so... Look at those two Southern dudes over there. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. All right. We're gonna pick this game. I'm kind of on that Brian Kelly uh, bandwagon, and I don't know what to make of Florida State and Mike Norvell. Wait, what do you make of Florida State? I, Not I mean, much. It's just kind of a. It's like they're kicking
0: the can down the road. You know, it's like, well, we'll it, give we'll give Norvell a little more time. Anytime you're up to the point of a coach's tenure, and you're thinking maybe we will just need to give him a little more time. The answer usually is no, no, you don't. <laughs> if you've reached that point in the tenure, you
1: know you, the writing's on the wall. You don't need to give him more time. It's, yeah. it's curtains. You don't want to kick the can down the road. You want to kick him out the door. That's what you need to do. And so I'm, I'm mystified to, at what Florida State has become given what it was for so long there under Bobby Bowden and then for a while under Nick Saban's buddy Jimbo. So I like LSU in this game. I'm not sure how good LSU will be, but I'm pretty sure it'll be better than Florida State. I'm taking LSU as well.
0: We appreciate you finding us here on SEC Football Unfiltered, and we hope our betting advice is uh, prosperous for you. And if it is, or even if it's not, we'd appreciate it if you subscribe to this podcast, new episodes each week. So if you don't subscribe already, go ahead and click that subscribe or follow so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear or like how this podcast is helping your bank account, go ahead and give us a review. We would appreciate it. John, I'm in Destin this week for the spring meetings. My favorite media event on the calendar. In fact, I might like this event better than covering the games itself because the games don't have a beach in the state. And so I'm going to squeeze in as much time as possible on the sand this week, but might do a little bit of work as well. You've been to this event many times over the years. Sadly, you're not joining me this year. You're in that Utah cabin. But what was your favorite part about the the Destin event and fond memories of coming down here to spring meetings
1: over the years? I've covered these for so many years. I can remember when it wasn't in Destin. Where was it at before that? They moved it around. I actually went to spring meetings in West Palm Beach, Florida. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's a lot. I was in Baton Rouge, a columnist in Baton Rouge at the time. And West Palm, if you know your geography, which you do, being a decorated graduate of an academic institution that will never be accepted to the SEC, you want to tell us what it is? I'll let you say it. Truman Bulldogs. Truman Bulldogs. I honestly think there were only four other media people covering the event in West Palm. It's a beautiful hotel. It was at the breakers hotel where presidents have stayed for many years. It's very historic. It looks like you're in the Bahamas, some, some resort in the Bahamas and it rained the whole time. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: But do you remember this, John? I, I was reading this in in newspaper archives. This was before my time, but I was reading in in the archives that there was a a former Tennessee coach who met the end of his tenure shortly after shoving a reporter into a pool at the I believe it was at the SEC spring meetings one year. Were you, were you a? Were you that reporter who got shoved into the pool?
1: And B, do you do you remember anything about that? Not at all. I'm drawing a blank. When was that? It's been a while. <laughs> well, I've been around a while. No, I, I have no idea. You, you don't know the answer. You're, you're not testing me. You don't know the answer. No, no. I remember
0: reading it in a newspaper archive, and man, I, I just remembered if uh, well, this is Baden-Wyatt. Baden-Wyatt.
1: Yeah, it was Bowden yeah. Wyatt. It's Bowden Wyatt. It was in Tennessee. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Uh, i've read a little bit about him so that's possible yeah I, I, I got
0: it i got it pulled up here uh, you remember tom seiler from the knoxville oh News yeah
1: he tom seiler uh, uh when i first came started here in knoxville in in 1987 for about the first 10 years here i got letters saying you're no tom seiler <laughs> that you are not well i got i got it here i've I found it john
0: Nineteen sixty-three was the year SEC spring meetings were in Ocala, Florida, and according to the Knoxville News Sentinel's Tom Siler, Bowden Wyatt, Bowden Wyatt, excuse me, expressed belligerent behavior and pushed a Birmingham sports writer into a pool. Has anybody ever? I mean, nobody's ever. You've you've ruffled some feathers throughout the course of your career. Nobody's ever shoved you into a swimming pool or another body of water, have they? I know that no, probably plenty of coaches or administrators have wished for your early demise, and they've been uh, disappointed on that front. The Honda Accord died before you did, but yeah, nobody um, actually shoved you into a body of water, did they?
1: Yeah, I've been threatened a few times, in and in a player, I couldn't see him. He pushed me in the back once in a locker room, but no, nothing. nobody ever shoved me into a pool. And another time, someone... It was in Athens, Georgia. Someone remarked that, uh, hey, you might not want to stay here because if my buddies come in, they're going to want to beat you up if they see you. And did you stay there? No,
0: I left immediately. Just like when you found those roaches at the Baymont Inn
1: season opener in 2016. Yeah, I've toughened up over the years. By the time I got to the Baymont Inn, I thought, nope, I'm not leaving. I can't believe
0: you spent the night with the roaches – I mean, I've done that before, I guess, but the roaches weren't on the bed in my it was hotel. A, it
1: was only one, and it crawled out from the bedding. Only it, one, John? I Seriously? Know, but, but I know, but you know, there's, he was, uh, what do you call them? The uh, He was in kind of in recon. He was kind of checking out the scene, and you know there were an army of them. So I went into the other bed, moved all my, my suitcases and things off the other bed, and slept not too well in the other bed. and. <laughs> prayed a lot
0: spring meetings this week a couple a couple topics of conversation you know is going to be the scheduling format which we've discussed on this pod before that's undoubtedly going to going to come up this week and in, in destin i'm pretty interested to hear um, what the coaches ad's and and greg sankey have to say about that as the tea leaves suggest that these may be the final days for divisions in the sec, but also we had that recent ESPN report in which Greg Sankey was, was flexing a little bit and saying, Hey, maybe we'll just stage our own playoff when this contract ends, which are you more interested in, in finding out more about? Is it a, the the scheduling format for the future of this league, or is it B what Sankey has to say about the sec's interest in having its own playoff?
1: Well, uh, I think psyche was posturing. He didn't get his way. He wanted a twelve-team playoff, so that's his way of flexing his SEC muscles and letting everybody know the SEC me- means more, and more means we can just go our go our own way. Okay, so so I thought that was still though. You could look at it as foreshadowing. Um. Uh, I mean, the SEC, let's go back to last summer when we were at the we're at the SEC football media days there in Birmingham, and nobody saw that Oklahoma-Texas deal coming. We were blindsided by that. And, and part of the reason I was
0: so blindsided might have been that I was out late at the shooting pool with the locals from the night before, but you have no excuse. You weren't shooting No, I
1: was, uh, no.
0: Yeah, that makes me think, John, the fact that that the SEC hit us with this sneak attack and and raided Oklahoma and Texas from the Big 12 like at, at first I thought the same thing like this is just Greg Sankey showing off some SEC ego here and and making an empty threat that well if I don't get my way on this playoff expansion eventually if we don't go from 4 to 12 you know if you threaten to make it 8 I'll take my ball and and go home I thought and eh, eh, They can call him on his bluff on that. He's not going to do that. But then I thought, well, the same might have been said of, well, they're not really going to raid Oklahoma and Texas, are they? I think that has to at least put an element of doubt. If your other conference commissioners and Greg Greg Sankey, when this playoff contract expires after 2025, if everybody else wants an 18 playoff and Sankey still doesn't, he just says, well, that's fine. You go ahead with your 18 playoff. We don't want that. We're out of here. And I don't know. I might be a little a little concerned about calling him on his bluff at, at this point, because I think, I think the SEC shown that, by and large, we saw this in the pandemic, too. You know, Pac-12 and Big Ten said, well, we're not going to play football this year. And, uh, you know, Greg Sankey and the SEC said, that's fine. You can stage a, a tiddlywink season in your home, sheltered in place. We're going to go play football. You know, it, it didn't fold then, and sure enough, then the Pac-12 and, and the Big Ten were... Uh, we're going to play some football games then after, after that. So yeah, I think we've seen that if you call the sec on its bluff, don't be surprised if they flip over a pair of
1: Kings. Well, Blake, think about to me, the sec is two teams away from just leaving the rest of college football behind. Okay. It's going to two, it's going to 16 teams by 2025 at the latest with Oklahoma and Texas. What if it enjoined Southern California and Ohio State? Get that West Coast market. Get a superpower in Ohio State. It'll bid adieu to the Michigan rivalry because there will be so much gold at the end of that SEC rainbow. In Southern California... Yeah, we're going to have a lot of long flights, but we're going to make a lot more money.
0: Well, and the Big Ten is the one conference that, you know, is is rolling in the riches at a comparable rate to the SEC. So even if you couldn't get Ohio State, what if you could get Southern Cal and Clemson and then maybe throw in a Miami and somebody else, get to 20? Even if you couldn't persuade Ohio State out of the Big Ten, I mean, at that point, you'd be a superpower, and you could really just stage... Big Ten has a playoff. SEC has a playoff, and if they want, the winners of each playoff could could meet in the end. But SEC a super league SEC versus super league Big Ten, and uh, you know the old AFL versus NFL type situation. you meet you meet in the middle with your winners from your your each respective leagues.
1: Yeah, I, I just think college football in general has to listen when the SEC speaks. And it can, uh, just as we're discussing, we're trying to analyze, well, what, what was really behind those remarks? Well, I think they have, they have to really consider the worst case scenario for them and pay attention. Maybe think, uh, kind of like with the Marriott hotel chain, we don't want to lose John Adams platinum premier titanium for life, titanium for life. So, if there were if there were a roach crawled out of the bedding at the Marriott, they would probably give me that hotel. Yeah, and the Baymont Inn is no Baymont That's Inn. no Marriott. No, they they didn't care and said, "Well, did you feed him?" It's one of our pets, hotel mascot. All right,
0: John, throw some money around. We uh, we hope this betting advice is profitable. If not. Don't bother emailing us. Just uh, head on down to your local bank branch and take out a loan, and maybe we can help you out in week two. Thanks for listening to this edition of SEC Football Unfiltered.